the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life. Real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now, this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. And that's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. And we're about to hear part two of a message called The Secret to Unity that originally aired on an Easter Sunday. And every day we celebrate the resurrection, of course, but here's Pastor Sean with why. In just a moment, we're going to continue our series called Under Construction as we walk through the book of Philippians with the Apostle Paul. But I wanted to stop and acknowledge this special, this amazing day in the Christian church. Easter is the celebration of Christ's resurrection. Now remember, Jesus made a promise in John chapter 10. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. What his resurrection, what this celebration of Easter means for us is that not only is his word true, but he is alive and able to make good on that promise. His desire to give us abundant life is secured and illustrated by what we celebrate at Easter. So my prayer for every one of us is that we would live our Christian faith in the reality of resurrection life. Don't live like we're serving a dead teacher or some religious figure from the past. We are serving a Savior who is alive and wants to give us abundant life, real life. Now we're going to continue our study of Philippians, but as we do, let's read these promises and remember the Savior that Paul is talking about is alive and is able to make a difference in your life and mine. Let's trust Him today as we study His Word. Their website is reallife.org where you can follow along to the notes to this message Just click on the Sermon Archive link, but grab a Bible and get ready to receive the Word. And this is Real Life Radio. In John 13, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. You remember in the upper room? Listen to what we read right before that. In verse 3, John 13, beginning at 3, says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under His power and that He had come from God and was returning to God. That's pretty good, right? He knew who He was had a good self-image because of who he was in Father's eyes. He knew Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So what does he do? 
He got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin, and he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Where did he get the towel? Well, there would have been a towel in any household because it was a common task. People walked. People wore sandals. They lived in a desert and arid place. It was a normal household function for a servant. It was for the like lowest servant, the newbie. Okay, you're going to wash feet today. That's what you do. And Jesus, there were no servants present, only he and his disciples. And nobody had thought to take care of that. Jesus, knowing that Father had given him all power, all authority, knowing that he was, had come from Father and was soon going to return, puts on the towel and he begins to wash their feet. Jesus knew who he was and it was, I believe, at the core of his unbelievable humility, which Paul is telling us that we should adopt the mind, the attitude of Christ. He was totally secure. He knew who he was and he didn't need to grasp for that position. Paul gives us some very specific instruction about this in Romans 12, beginning at verse 1. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How does that happen? What is the renew- where does the renewing of my mind start? Paul tells us in verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. And then look, look where he goes with this. He talks about this, this honest assessment of who we are in, in Christ. And then verse 4, he says, just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not have all the same do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. Each member belongs to all the other. He wraps up with unity. And then he goes into a discussion about using those gifts and being part of the body. The connection between how we view ourselves and our unity together is huge. And we begin by understanding who we are in God's eyes. Not to think of ourselves too highly, but with sober judgment, according to the faith that God has given. Very important phrase, according to the faith that God has given. A couple things our faith tell us. Number one, it says, without Jesus, I'm lost, a sinner without hope. Without Jesus, I am lost. I am a sinner without hope. And now this is not designed to beat anybody down. This is not designed to give anybody guilt, no, or condemnation. In fact, the scripture says... For those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation in him. But it is a raw statement of fact. We are born into sin. The scripture says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It is part of our nature. We are part of a people that has been and continues to be in rebellion against God. And it is part of the sin nature. And apart from Jesus, we are lost. Pick the worst sinner out on the street that you can think of go wherever you want find the lowest the worst the darkest whatever you want apart from jesus you and i are every bit as lost no different we're all in the same boat 
We're the same. Without Jesus, I'm lost. I'm a sinner without hope. But, but, in Christ Jesus, I am a child of God. In Christ Jesus, I am a child of God. Do you know what that means? Because of Christ, his work on the cross, because of what he did, making the the freedom from my sin possible, the forgiveness, the life, I'm a child of God. That means I'm loved, not tolerated. And y'all know the difference, right? You've probably been loved and you've been tolerated. And you would think, wow, the God of the universe, he's sinless, flawless, perfect, exalted, alpha, omega, great I am. It'd be real easy for him to tolerate us. And that'd be really gracious, right? Yeah, that's not the deal. I'm a child of God. I am loved. We're adored. We're adopted into his family. We're given a new name. We are made a new creation with a whole new nature. That's who we are in him. I am filled with his spirit. I am empowered by his spirit. That's who we are in him. And we need to begin seeing ourselves that way. Do you understand if you see yourselves through the eyes of Father? It is said that our self-image is largely determined by the view that we get of ourselves from the person closest or most significant in our lives. That's a very important understanding. Our self-image is largely shaped by the view we get of ourselves through the eyes of the person that is most significant in our lives. For a child, that's a parent. For a married person, it's a spouse. It may be a dear friend. It may be uh, someone, a family member. What if we made God that most significant person and our self-image was derived by what we saw in his eyes? Remember, the eyes that saw us exactly as we are, sinners, totally fallen in a rebellion against him and said, I love you enough to come and give my life for you. I want you to be part of my family. I want you to call me Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. I want you. Look into those eyes for a while. You want a healthy self-image? That'll do it. That's the point. And when you understand, I'm a child of God, I'm filled with his spirit. I have his power coursing through me. Well, now I don't need to do some of the things that insecurity will lead us to do. Some of the pride that is generally a sign of insecurity trying to be covered up. I don't have to strive for position anymore. Because how do you beat the position we already have? I'm a child of God. Not just a king. No, no, no. The king. Of kings. Yeah, that's my dad. Not that I'm going to name drop or anything, but yeah. I'm his. I don't have to strive for a position. I don't have to put other people down. Chances are, if I'm putting other people down, I've forgotten who I am in him. And I'm thinking by putting them down, I'm boosting myself up to some ridiculous position. Oh, wait a minute. I'm a child of God. I don't have to do that. I don't have to fear losing my place. All these things are the kind of things that lead to disunity. They're the things that we strive against. Secret to the unity of the body is the humility of Jesus. Second, become a servant. Become a servant. The the first was adopt an accurate view of self. Second, become a servant. Verse 4, 
Paul gave instructions that said each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And verse 7, giving Jesus as our example, kind of how we do this, he tells us what Jesus did, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human, human likeness. Now, you remember in John 13, we made the parallel connection. Remember what Jesus said after he washed their feet? Verse 14, he says, now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Become a servant. And I, I want to say to you, at first, in my notes when I was studying, the first point I wrote was, be willing to serve. And I had to change it because um, it's far more than that. It's not just what you do, it's who you are. The, the passage said uh, that Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something grass, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. He didn't just pretend to be a servant for a while and then go back to being king. No, no. He became a servant. This is not just what you do. It is who you are. And you are listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church. And let's take a short break in this message called The Secret to Unity, which is a study in the book of Philippians. You can find this message at reallife.org by going under the sermon's archive link. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back. And we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church with the conclusion to this message called The Secret to Unity. And this is Real Life Radio. The way you look at life and the way you look at other people. And unfortunately, I think in culture and through our own sin nature, we have been trained and conditioned to look at life and look at people incorrectly question is life about my agenda with other people being the competition or the obstacle if so we have a problem disunity whether it be at church or at work or at home whatever it may be disunity is usually the result of competing agendas what do you say in verse 2 make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and one in purpose I'm afraid, honestly, compared to a lot of churches, the families that are involved in a youth sports team are often more of one spirit and one purpose than those churches. You could say the same about some certain business investments, neighborhood associations, corporations, schools. They they can all have a type of unity that will draw them together. Here's the problem. The problem is that their common purpose is primarily based on self-interest. As soon as the group ceases to achieve my agenda, disunity ensues. 
even on the kid's sports team. As soon as your kid stops playing well enough, so our team doesn't win, so my kid doesn't get on the select team, or so my kid doesn't, or our team doesn't advance to where college scouts are looking at us, all of a sudden, now my agenda and your agenda are at odds. And we find all these agendas if we're, if we're not careful. And, and what Paul is saying is, if you understand who you are, and what has been given to you, and the plan and the destiny God has for you, you've got a whole new agenda. You've got a whole new agenda. What if I totally reorient my life around a new direction? That being the higher purpose of serving Father, and as I serve Him, serving others. What would happen? And this has nothing to do with self-interest. This is a major departure from kind of the old agendas. What if we said, I'm going to be about serving Father and serving others with my life, whether that be at work, in the neighborhood, with my children. I'm going to be about serving them in my leadership. School, business, here, everywhere. What if I said, I am going to become like Jesus did, a servant. Now, we've had glimpses of this. Those of us who served this last weekend in in the different outreaches, I heard people over and over again say, this is the most fulfilling thing I've done. I've never done anything quite like this. This is so right. This is so good. You were getting a glimpse, the tip of the iceberg, a taste of what a life of service will yield. The fruit that God intends for you to enjoy. It's not, I'm telling you, God wants to yield a fruit in your life that is something good, that is something rich, that is something deep. And each of these manifestations of the character of Jesus are a key. Become a servant because the secret to the unity of the body is the humility of Jesus. Number three, surrender to a life of obedience. Surrender to a life of obedience. Verse eight told us, Jesus being found in appearance as a man, humbled himself, became obedient to death, even death on a cross. You know what obedience is? Obedience is humility with legs. That's what it is. Obedience is humility with legs saying, my life is not my own. I have a heavenly father who loves me and wants to yield good fruit. And so I am going to walk in obedience. Obedience, we've seen, and we've taught about this before, obedience releases the power of God in a very unusual way. There are people in the body of Christ who study the word. They've been to Bible studies for years and never seen any change, never seen the supernatural power of God in their life. They read about it. They study. They could tell you every instance of it in Scripture, but they couldn't tell you one instance of it in their lives. And it is because there's a difference between knowing the truth and letting the truth set you free. Jesus said it's a two-part deal. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Where does it set you free? Well, I know it and I can recite it. Now I'm free. Praise God. Want me to recite it again? No, no. The truth sets me free when I live it. When I center my life around it. That's when the power of God, and that's called obedience. When God speaks in his word, I read something, I understand something, and I now go, wow, that's different than what I'm doing. I'm going to change what I'm doing. Humility with legs. And I'm going to obey him because he's my father. And he said I should walk this way, and I trust him. And so I'm going to obey. And what that does for us is it puts us in a path of blessing. It really does because you know the truth and now the truth sets us free. And so often, folks, it doesn't matter. We can hang around church our whole lives and never obey. 
never really obey. And I'm just telling you, God's talking to you about more than, I mean, we want you to be in a small group. We want you to do service opportunities. We want all those things to happen. Those are, those are all designed to help us put us in the way of God's spirit. Okay. That's what those things are all about. We just, as a church, our job is to help people know Jesus and to do things together that put us in the way of God's spirit. Together in community and small groups, we experience his spirit in a way that's different. Out in the streets or, or in our neighborhoods serving, we experience his presence in a way that is different. But let me say to you, that's not the end of obedience. It's the beginning. God wants to talk to you about your money. He wants to talk to you about your job. He wants to talk to you about your marriage. He wants to talk to you about your real estate. He wants to talk to you about your cars. He wants to talk to you about everything. He wants his presence to reshape the whole deal because the the image that he's building in you is so much more beautiful than you can imagine. This is deep stuff, folks. Humility is deep. These are deep roots. The good news about the deep stuff and the deep roots is it's what yields the really good fruit. And if you want that supernatural sense of peace that wisdom, you want that fruit in your life that you go, man, I read about it and I want it. These are one of the deep roots. And so we walk in it. We walk in the power of obedience. And number four, I'll wrap with this. Patiently let God exalt in his time and his way. Let God exalt in his time and his way. He's, Paul wrote of Jesus, therefore God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every other name. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to give you or me that name, okay? That belongs only to Jesus. That exaltation is different, okay? Jesus is one of a kind in that regard. But there is a principle, and I want you to see this. This has followed a pattern and a principle. As we are willing to see ourselves through God's eyes and know who we really are, as we are willing to become a servant, as we are willing to obey the Father, he exalts the humble. Not just Jesus, but he exalts every single one. Look what the scripture says. Let me read a few passages for you. In Deuteronomy 8, 16, Moses is speaking. He says, he he gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known to humble you and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Luke 1, 52, he, God, has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. James 4, 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. 1 Peter 5, 6, same idea. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. This is a biblical principle. God exalts the humble. He opposes the proud and he exalts the humble. Question is, will you wait or will you push to be exalted and push to exalt yourself? Will you wait? Will you trust him to exalt in his time In his way, the secret to the unity of the body is the humility of Jesus. Paul sets him as our example, our model, and says, you want to live an amazing unity in the body, in your family, in your business, in your school, whatever it is. You want to live in that kind of unity? Let this attitude be in you, this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who existed as God, in very nature God. And yet he didn't consider that something to be grasped. Secret to the unity of body is the humility of Jesus. We have a great opportunity this week to exercise humility. Um, and it is, uh, it is Thanksgiving. You realize without humility, it's impossible to really appreciate and enjoy Thanksgiving. Pride says, I don't have anybody to be thankful for. I did it all myself. Right? But humility 
one of the most sweet and beautiful expressions of humility is gratitude. To say, yeah, man, God has been good. And so I encourage you this week, let's exercise humility as we exercise gratitude and see if God doesn't bring blessings. See if as we exercise humility, even with our families and with our friends, see if as we exercise the humility of gratitude, if unity doesn't become a whole lot easier and we don't begin to see some of that fruit that only the Spirit can bear. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life in this series called The Secret to Unity. If you enjoy the teaching style of Sean Azaro, there are hundreds of sermons and series available right now on demand. You can find the sermons link at reallife.org. Of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.